0: Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Relate365.com in the Northwoods of Wisconsin on the campus of Silver Birch Ranch, Nicolay Bible Institute, and just down the road from the Wolf River Refuge.
1: That's right. Go check those places out because that's really our mothership, Silver Birch Ranches. Yep. What keeps us going and, and we get to enjoy all kinds of ministry at churches, and we'd love to minister to your church or to your family through Nicolay Bible Institute or through the Re- Wild Wolf River Refuge. So go check those things out. We that's invite right. You to
0: do and it. if you're a family that's looking for a getaway, you know, just a weekend, you know, this with everything going on, we're offering some special weekends for families. And so head over to silverbranch.org and, you know, look, look for our uh, opportunities for you as a family to come up to the Northwoods, play in the snow. Cross-country ski, power tube, tubing, zip lining, yeah. all that fun stuff. Even horseback riding in, in the winter time is. Put a
1: fun twist to it. Blindfold your family while you drive up. Drive in circles. Yes. Just make them think you went like three days away.
0: Well, unless you do live three days away. Well,
1: yeah, and then they'll think you're in some Swiss mountain little village or something. <laughs> yeah. You,
0: know, you, you would have to change transportation in order to do that. I will. In order for them to think that you're in a Swiss. So I'm
1: geolog- geographically challenged. And if it, you
0: can get there in three days by driving, I would love to go.
1: Did you ever, did you ever take a geography course in high school? Yeah. I never did.
0: But it was never about the states.
1: No, it was really about- It the, was a
0: requirement of like, I think mine was like, I think Africa. At, at one point I had to memorize all of the, the the countries and capitals in Africa. Really? Yeah. You know, I feel cheated. You know the only one I remember?
1: No, Mozambique. No, Djibouti, Djibouti. Oh, that's because of the name, I, <laughs> right? <laughs> li- likewise with Mozambique. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, we, we like know quickly. We like you know, we, we do. Very quickly. I, I don't know why though. I, I thought I felt cheated when I got out of you know school because I thought, you know, if you tell me go to this country, it's like where's that? I have to go look it up on a map.
0: So is that by choice you didn't get a jagger No, class? I
1: I went to a Chicago public school. I took all the courses they Enough required said. me to do. I mean. I didn't even, I can't even remember picking classes. I think they were all picked for me. They probably were. So I just showed up and at the end I got a diploma and they said, see you later. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know why I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> it shows. I know. It's terrible. All of the, the educators just flipped off this podcast thinking this guy is a nutcase. We don't want to listen. Uh, but actually, I, I did go on to get a master's degree in education. So we're, we're okay. The irony. Yeah, the irony of it all. Sorry. But we're okay. That's okay. That's all, right. all right. I want to throw some things by. You. As Let's an old, do that. O- Let's older guy, in. I am. Uh, I have my thoughts. I want to know your thoughts, on some of these news things that I just find interesting. Um, you know, President Trump. Yeah. Uh, everybody has an opinion about him.
0: Yes. Yes. Do
1: you have an opinion about him? I do. All right. I don't need to know. I I, I just know that you have one. Everyone does. My opinion, and I'll share it, is that President Trump is is a pretty smart guy that loves poking the bear. I and, would concur. Yeah. He just, however. He I likes to ruffle the feathers. He does. And I think, um, and I'm not saying that's a good thing, by the way, I'm just saying that's who he is. Yeah. And I think, though, that he is such an outsider in Washington that no matter what he tries to do, he's never going to fit in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's my opinion. Yeah. So don't know if that's true or not, but it sure seems that way. It seems like people, the insiders and the people that have been there a while just don't want him around and. And it could be because he does things differently. It could be because he challenges them. I don't really know because I've never been in any committee meeting, so I have no idea what they really say. Yeah. However, he does say things. And as he says things, he is the president of the United States. And uh, we have a habit, I have a habit of going back and seeing what presidents say and quoting them Mm -hmm. because they are people that have a certain amount of credibility. Yeah. All right. Now, with that said, I understand some people again are just turning off the podcast because we said <laughs> we alluded that you know never mind. Pres- <laughs> <laughs> you can connect the just dots. Just never mind. Um, but here, let me let me tell you, he did say something that I want to quote and get your response to. President Trump said this: "Justice cannot prevail without the grace of God." Hmm. He said that. Yeah. Now, when I say that President Trump said that. What is your thought?
0: I think that's a true statement.
1: It is, but does he always say true statements? Not always. So if somebody doesn't always say true statements, can they even say a true statement? Yes. Yeah. See, that's really hard for us to grab. Right.
0: But I I think the problem that comes with it is that if if you do it so often where you say true and untrue statements, then people question when you do say true statements.
1: Right. Or even if you exaggerate. I mean, the old... uh, uh, Fable about the boy that cried wolf. You ah, know what yes. I mean. You're, yep. you're going to go and say things, and eventually people are going to say, "I don't listen to you anyway." Right. And I, I'm not sure that our legislators understand this, but I think we're there. Yeah. It really doesn't matter what the senators, what the Congress people, even what the president says anymore. Mm-hmm. The boy cried wolf too many times on yep. too many things, and we're all numb to it. Uh, so I think it, you know our our government people would be wise. To start working on uh, some kind of reform for how they speak and what they say, so that they actually mean what they say.
0: I saw a news article the other day, and I can't remember if it was a satire article or not, but there was, I thought there uh, was some how would you know some, <laughs> I thought there was some validity to it. It said that senators should start wearing um like uniforms like race car drivers do that show all of their sponsors
1: oh yeah, <laughs> yeah that would be interesting
0: <laughs> that way you know what angle they're coming from
1: yeah. Well, so what would you—I I mean, here, President Trump said something, and there's a different podcast I do uh, that people can go get. They can go to Relate365.com, and I, I actually went into some detail on this. But he said something that I agree totally with. Justice can't prevail without the grace of God. I, I, I believe that. Yep. I think it's true. Unfortunately, those who don't want to listen to them are going to dismiss it. Those who do listen to them are going to take it and run with it, whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, I think we have to have a way, if we're healthy people, to evaluate information based on its information and its validity, not necessarily who said it. Yeah. A 2-year-old can say something that is very valid to challenge you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, uh, A 10-year-old can. A, a, a 70-year-old can. I mean, we're all sinful people. So you can't say, I'm only going to listen to somebody who's perfect. Mm -hmm. And if you want to listen to somebody who's perfect, go ahead. That's Jesus. So go ahead, read the Bible and listen to him. But I think we have to be careful. If I were to give you a slate and said, take three areas in our government and revise them, um, something that we can actually do, what would you do to correct the problems that we have? Instead of complaining about it, what, what would you do to correct them?
0: I think the first thing that comes to mind is um, limiting the amount of time people can spend in Washington. Okay. You yeah. know, so to use a, a, the, the catchphrase term limits. Okay. You know, because to me that makes sense. You know, I mean, we have it for one branch of our government. Right. You know, is it something that we can't do?
1: And we think elsewhere? it's healthy that the president changes over and they can only be in there eight years.
0: Right. And so why don't we carry that over to other areas? It yeah. just, you know, it begs the question would it, would it help solve things from
1: okay so the first thing one thing that's very doable that you would do is term limits and i'll tell you from my generation i agree that that would be a good thing to do i don't know if i would have that number one but it'd be good yeah oh uh, well, I, I didn't i didn't categorize uh, them it, it, in Well, in num- numerical doesn't order. need to be i'm just wondering what's your second thing
0: i would i would almost put a cap on like benefits or salary somehow
1: okay agree
0: you know cuz i feel like they need to understand that you know
1: would, would you make it um, so that they have to have the same health care as you and I? I think that would make sense.
0: That way they understand. It would. The people that they represent. Yep. You know, or at least something like that.
1: Yeah. I think those people who don't have to deal with the normal of everyday life. Yeah. And they're making the decisions for the rest of us who have to deal with the normal of everyday life. Don't understand the normal of everyday right. life. It, some might say, you don't understand where I came from. It, it's real easy to forget. Yeah, if you've been in a senator for twelve years, it's real easy to forget that somebody doesn't make all your appointments. Right. That wherever you go, people don't bow down. Yeah. I mean, it's it's easy to forget that. Right. Or people aren't normally lined up outside your door wanting favors from you. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have that. Right. So I think you're right. I I think it'd be very. I don't know how you would do it. I I know how I would do it for a pastor in a church. I've always said. I think the pastor of a church should get paid the average of whoever's in the church. Mm-hmm. No more, no less. Yeah. And they just go take, take, an, take the salaries of everybody there. Give us a, a middle. Just, yeah. This is the average. Pay your pastor. Because really then your pastor can relate to the very wealthy a little right? and the very poor a little. They're right in the middle. right? So they can go either way and understand things. If we make the pastor way too wealthy... Again, it becomes one of those Senate government things right where that may be nice, however, it may not work.
0: right. and I, I think that there's some wisdom behind that, you know, because you've even talked about in a previous show, I think you were talking about George Washington. yeah, and obviously he was president and he got to the point he's like he wanted to go back and farm. right. You know I think I think there's there's some I mean obviously we don't know the original intent, but as you look and read history, You know, I think what the founding, quote unquote, fathers of our nation were trying to get at is they wanted everyday people represented. Right. And so in order for everyday people to be represented, you have to have everyday people there. Yep. And I feel like we've moved away from that. You know, you have, it's now become, you have to become a career politician, for the most part, to be part of the system. You have
1: to be pretty wealthy and savvy on, on media. Right. I mean, how many people out there would be great leaders- but they just don't possess the desire to right. be to spend their entire life working on a media. Right,
0: you know, because I mean, and and part of it is is that's just the way the process of choosing somebody is. Right. You know, is that it? It's a quasi a popularity contest. Right. It, especially more so when it's not focused on um, the ideol ideologically stances of each of the candidates. You know, exactly. and we've talked about that in previous episodes where it's like, man. In order for our elections going forward to be successful, it's got to move away from just a a personality bash. Right. You know, it really needs to be a dissection of, all right, what are the core beliefs of this person in terms of foreign policy, you know, all this other stuff, and allow that to dictate. You know, in some regard, you know, it's just like that's what it should be about, not necessarily the personality of a person. Yep. And that should be across the board, whether it's president, whether it's your senator, You know, that way, then it's not necessarily about a uh, political party. It becomes about the platform that you're that you're voting for. And that's I feel like how it used to be, like even me growing up seeing and watching elections. It was more that. And in the process, it wasn't as polarizing. Right. Whereas we've somewhat, I would say, moved away from that, maybe even more than somewhat. And now it's become more polarizing because it's more like a hard line.
1: Yeah. Our forefathers really were not uh, positive about democracies. That's why we're a republic.
0: Right, right.
1: And one of the the great dangers uh, that every society that is democratic needs to see is that if people can vote for their own benefit, they usually do. Mm -hmm. That means that if a group of people can vote their own way, their own benefit, it could be that corruption reigns. Yeah. And when you look at places like where, where Hitler reigned and that kind of thing, what happens to leaders in a society where they just need to get the vote to get power? Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of corruption. Yeah. There's all kinds of voter fraud. There's all kinds of. I mean, you go through it because the only thing that matters is I need their vote. Right. And once they get the vote, once they get in power, then they start using their power. Right. To stay in power. hmm. And that's a very dangerous place to be. Yeah. Um, I think it's very important that. Um, we become a nation that starts to acknowledge that, that that that's a pretty dangerous spot to be. Yeah, and um, I I think the two things you mentioned so far would be good additions. I mean, yeah, take away the you know give them term limits and at the same time give them the normal fees and make them you know normal in their their make a,
0: yeah make them a representative of who the people are that they actually represent. Yep. Yeah.
1: Okay. You got a third thing. What's the third? Uh, thing? I don't know. All right. I, like, I would be What's a your... little different. I I mean I would. Um,
0: you put me on the spot because I didn't really yeah. think in depthly.
1: Yeah, I would I would change the voting uh, the way, I mean, not the voting, the campaigning completely. I I would tell them no TV ads, none. Yeah, I mean I would, I would get rid of them because they're just goofy, and all they do is de- deny each other and talk about each other. It's like well, it's wa- smash talking. Yeah, I I don't want to hear it. it. Has
0: nothing to do with political
1: platform. And they say it works. Maybe it does, but then I think, what kind of culture are we if that's what works? Well, my
0: question is, how does it work? Does yeah. it work because
1: because you get people to vote for you
0: because you you know plan somebody's emotion right rather than your stance on something yes you know and i would say that that's what political ads do is you look at all of them and it's in some way twisting your emotions to think negatively about the other candidate rather than saying here's what i stand for um you know the thing and i highlighted this there was two senators i think it was out in oregon or washington running for senate yeah and they actually did an ad together right saying you know what let's let's move beyond this right i thought that i thought that was brilliant right that was probably the best ad i've seen like ever right because it's like that's what we need is just the honesty of and and so i would agree with you dave i I would i would get rid of him yeah because it doesn't help if anything i would say it and people might you know argue against this i would say it increases our amount of
1: uneducated voters yep yeah, because they're they're going for the emotion the pitch. The, you know the line. They, they have no clue what a candidate stands no, for. No, they have they have staffs that actually look at what works. Right. Well, I don't want to know what works. I want to know what you think. Yep. Just tell me what you think, so I can vote. So I think that's a a terrible thing. So I would, well, in the revising of that, I mean, the whole voting system, I would I would again force people to vote in person. Yeah. I would I would have it so that I would vote on a piece of paper. That one representative from each party would be standing there when I vote. They would each stamp the paper and put it in a ballot box. Yep. Okay, what they did is validate that I did that. Right. And then at the end, you look for those two stamps, you get to two people counting, and, and you go from there. I do think that once we start electronic things, as advanced as that is, there's going to be all kinds of ways to cheat. There, there's all kinds of ways that people play with electronics. Oh, totally. So not sure I trust it at all. Right at this point. So my that's my first point. My my second one. That
0: was kind of two and one. I
1: know, but but, but it's kind I'll of the election you. process. Well, in that too, if I'm limiting TV ads, I would say you know if I'm running for president, yeah, I'll go to a website and I will write down what my stance is on everything. Right. Everything important. If you ask me a question, I'll write down what I would do about it, and I wouldn't be afraid to say if you ask me what are you going to do about the soil erosion in Uganda? Yeah. I would probably say, I don't know. I didn't know there was soil erosion in Uganda. Right. But here's what I promise. This would be my answer. I will surround myself with people who will know foreign affairs. They will know what's going on in other countries and will advise me so I can make some good decisions. That's all I can tell you. Right. Because I can't know everything that's going on everywhere all at once. I would love for a politician to say that. Yeah. Instead of spin around and say, oh, yeah, that erosion in Uganda is pretty terrible. First of all, I would uh, authorize 14 billion dollars to go towards mesh units that would go on. You know, I'm thinking you haven't even thought about it till the question. Right. And now you got to act like you thought about everything in the world. There isn't a human that thinks about everything in the world. Right. That's a godly characteristic. Anyway, I would change that. That's number one. <laughs> I know. That's like four or five times. <laughs> Number two Go on. I would say that when they vote on any bill in any legislative body, one item per bill. Yeah. One. No more of this pork stuff on the bill. Yep. So that way and I would I would let say you can vote on one item and the, the, the maximum length of the bill is one page. Yeah. Say what you need to say, be direct. For example, the stimulus check. We will give, you know, the nation, anyone who works, whatever. Yeah. You know, one page. This is what we're going to give them. Nothing else attached to it, so we can know where the senators and the congressmen actually stand. Because with all that pork in there, everything's blurry. We have no idea who's doing what and why. Mm -hmm. So I get rid of it. Yeah. Just one. I I I would even say, make that a a constitutional amendment hmm. so that we have to do it that way. Yeah. Uh, likewise with uh, balancing the debt. You know, I mean, d- now that's, that's not a point. I'm not. I'm not gonna... <laughs>
0: different discussion. Yeah, yeah, a different, different discussion.
1: But, but we'll talk about that. So I guess I would do something about how all the election takes place. I would do something about how they vote in general. Yeah. And I'm really not sure. The, the third one, it might have to do with that. I would always say... You, Nobody can can vote to put the nation in debt. Hmm. Um, so I guess a constitutional amendment against um, living beyond our means. You know, I think I think we need to figure out how to live within our means, and somehow be responsible. So I, if I could, really, but how do we do that when we're so far in debt? Well. Actually, I don't think we can now, but that's another discussion. If if I could change things. Right. I see. see. um, And maybe that's part of the discussion. Maybe we need to get rid of everybody who's in Washington, D.C. right now. Yeah. Get people to abide by what we just talked about and say, rule one, let's figure out how to get out of debt before it's too late. Um, The problem, I think, is that it might be too late. Yeah. But, you know, if it's not uh, your family, how, how much in debt are you as a family?
0: Uh, We just have a mortgage.
1: Okay. And my family's not in debt at all. Yeah. However, the taxes went up so much, I think I'm in debt. Oh, goodness. Uh, Tell me about yeah. it. Yeah. However, that's another story. Um, bottom line really is, okay, when we need something, we make a plan. Yeah. And then we get it. Mm-hmm. We don't go into debt for it. There was a time where we didn't have, you had to go to debt on the house and then we made a plan on getting out of debt as soon as we could.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Why can't the government do that? For Many times I've said, you know, my wife needs to run the finance department of the government. Yeah. And people like me, she's not qualified. Well, she knows this one little fact. Don't spend more than you take in. Mm-hmm. That's all I want her to do. Right. How hard are you going to make this? Oh, people will starve. Don't spend more than you take in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You're trying to turn this around to make me a bad person. I'm not. Right. I'm not saying people should starve. Oh, they will. Uh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You haven't seen the generosity of, of people in the United States? Right. All the, the organizations give out food. You and I go to a place. We get food given to us. We we drive by. They throw it in our trunk, and we leave. Mm-hmm. It's like, thank you.
2: Yeah. It,
1: it, there's plenty of those places out there. Yeah. People don't know about them. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, these are all reasons? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. So, anyway, those would be my things. I mean, I would switch that up and, and go from there. Yeah. Let me ask you, I'll throw another issue at you. Violence is spiking in our country, just spiking. I'll give you some statistics. Madison, Wisconsin is up 400% in violence.
0: 400%.
1: Omaha, Nebraska, 120%. Boston, 54%. Fort Worth, Texas, 66%. Memphis, Tennessee, 62%. Lubbock, Texas, 100%. Phoenix, 45%. New Orleans, 65%. Colorado Springs, 60%.
0: Wow, Wisconsin's blowing them out of the water in percentages.
1: Yeah, I don't know that these are all... um,
0: Obviously, percentages are... Yeah. Can be misleading. Yeah, I
1: mean, if you murdered one yeah. guy last year and you murdered five this year, your percentages are way up. That's so right. That's right. It, it, so I mean, you
0: could take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. We're okay.
1: from Chicago area. That, that, Which no, those numbers. they weren't on that they list. They weren't on this list. We need, we, I
0: don't think we need to know why, but no, no. <laughs> yeah. maybe but their numbers might blow old. all of these away. Maybe yeah. that's old news. Yeah. Maybe because the percentage increase isn't there percentage wise because yeah. they're already at a high percentage.
1: Yeah. That's a pretty dangerous place to live. Hey, I was reading, um, a sociologist, now sociologists for those listening, if you don't know what that is, they study human behavior and how people do things. And this sociologist said this, when society's norms and values are in flux or have disappeared or disintegrated, people don't know how to behave, says Ms. Davies, a sociologist who studies the dynamics of violent crime. It's kind of normlessness that gives way to nothing matters. The murder increase is similar to the spikes in suicide when we've had economic depressions. But nothing like this has ever happened. Talking about the violence that we see right now in the United States of America. So I'm looking at this thinking, wow, your kids are growing up in a violent America. Mm -hmm. What do we do about it? Got to do something. What's going on though? Why, Why is it violent? Is anybody asking the question why this is happening?
0: Uh, I'm sure somewhere.
1: We're probably a a culture who, of course, is blaming um, other people. Yeah. So I can be violent because somebody called me a bad name. Mm -hmm. I don't have money. You have money, so I can beat you up. There's all kinds of things going on in the streets that shouldn't go on.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. The Bible tells us, and and again, the the problem really is the word that this sociologist used, normlessness. She's right, I think. There should be a normal, mm-hmm. but the normal needs to come from somewhere. It isn't a bunch of people getting together and setting the normal, mm-hmm. but that's what it's become. Right. But if the normal's already set, then you can actually stop the violence because you can say it's wrong. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have a normal, you can't say it. If you don't have a way to say it's wrong, because everything is in flux, what if everyone in the nation decided that, you know, uh, you get mad at somebody, you can go break a window in a store and go take something, Mm -hmm. and that's not bad? Would it ever be not bad? No. Uh, Or the Supreme Court that says abortion is now legal. Does making it legal make it right? Mm -hmm. So... That's a problem. Right. So we need to be people who start looking at this and saying, okay, if, if I actually see this kind of report, what I need to do is sit down with my children and start talking to them about where norms come from. Mm-hmm. I need to be clear that there are absolutes. I mean, what happens if we go to our kids and say, you know what? I know in the world out there, almost every friend of yours, um, their parents have not been together all, all your life. Yeah. Let me tell you what should be the norm. Mm-hmm. But to do it in a way where we don't condemn people and make them hate people. Yeah. But to strive for something, it, it, that's the goal. Strive for the way it should be. Yeah. But first you have to determine that there is a way it should be. Mm-hmm. And God's already done that. So my question and you know, is how does a, a family with young boys like yours position themselves to do that? Yeah. I mean, how do you do it?
0: You know, I, th- I think you create routine okay. and, and have steadiness, you know, and, and even, like you said, explain to them, like, this is norm. Yeah. You are know, are you
1: willing it, to talk about anything with your kids? Oh, yeah. When you see it, you can bring it up and talk about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. At their level. I, I was
0: going to say at their age appropriateness, right. you know, because I, I still have a fairly younger boy, 7, 4, and 3. Right. So it, the conversations vary even from the 7-year-old to the 3-year-old, obviously. Right. But you know. But your
1: 7-year-old in school... Yeah. Comes home. Yep. Talks about something. You know, if you and your wife are are falling off your chair every time they talk about something, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I'm not talking about that anymore.
0: Right. Yeah. And we want them to be able to talk about anything, anytime. And so we need to be even aware of how we react to things. Absolutely. That way we can dialogue about it, not just be like, (gasps) and shut it down right away. Because then they're going to learn, well, I'm not going to tell mom and dad that.
1: Yeah. Well, I would encourage you and your wife to have some difficult discussions in front of them. Yeah. To show that it's normal. Mm-hmm. You know, like to say, I don't know what, you know, um, you know, this guy over there hit his wife with a baseball bat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, normally you don't want to expose your kids to that. Yeah. But then have a discussion about, man, yeah, that's not the way it's meant to be. Yeah. Now, hopefully they don't even know the people or whatever it might be, but at least they're hearing there's a norm. That isn't it. Yeah. And my parents don't hate those people. In fact, we stopped everything and prayed for them you mm-hmm. know oh totally so they're seeing a norm right in a different way
0: yeah and i think that that's where you have to start is you know just leading by example and taking it one step at a time but unfortunately as always we get deep into conversation and we run out of time so hopefully you guys were encouraged today if you missed part of the conversation i encourage you to head over to relate 365.com where you can download other episodes of the younger older podcast or you can even check out some of the other podcasts that uh, that we do and put out there um, and as always, we encourage you to just continue to have discussions and talk about things that way we can learn how to dialogue and even, uh, cause each other to, to fall more in love with, uh, with, with God and our relationship with him. And so from Jason, Dave here on Onion older, we'll see you here next time. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.